right, welcome to another episode of Homestead Shop Talk. This is episode 11. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about preparing for winter. Believe it or not, winter's going to happen, is going to be here before we know it. And we're going to talk about what we do to prepare. But I feel like Al is going to be the only one that's going to be talking. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure you guys have some different things you, you do to start getting ready for fall and winter. I guess your winter is probably more like our fall year round, right? <laughs> Pretty much. Well, you never know. You never know, though, you know, like we might get the, you know, random hundred year old storm rolling in. <laughs> right. That's what it seems like this year has been a, like hundred year, like weather breaking reports all over the place. So maybe you guys will have like a four foot snowstorm this winter. Yeah. And That'd like, be nice. I'll be calling you up, Al. <laughs> what do I do? What do I do? <laughs> um, so yeah, we're gonna be talking about that, and then uh, uh, talking about our week. See what kind of things we got going on this this last week. I never remember what I do during the week. I always have to write it down <laughs> right before we do this podcast. <laughs> like, think about it. What did I do? Um, right. So I just finished that lean to shed that I'm trying to save water off of. Um, I feel like it was, I feel like I did pretty good. Yeah. I think it took me about a month off and on to build, you know, just basically myself. And the only thing that did concern me and tell me, tell me what you guys think is, uh, you know, it's, uh, 12, 12 feet wide. Um, and I used two by four rafters i was a little bit concerned after i put the rafters on using two by fours that it was uh too wide of a span that it would sag in the middle but i mean it's not holding snow really you know it's not gonna really snow here that's what i was just gonna say you don't you're not gonna have like any weight ever sitting on it no i don't know just looking at it after i had put it up i was like probably should have used two by sixes I, w- I would think it would take if it did sag it would take years yeah how was it when you yeah. got up on the roof because you must have been on it i didn't get on the roof i didn't have to get on the roof to you to put the panels on it wasn't like i was able to just use my ladder and just kind of go but it might be know, okay it'll probably be fine yeah it, it'll and uh, barring you know that hundred year storm and we get four feet of snow, um, right? Yeah, yeah. I, it'll probably be fine. I mean, I put yeah, I put cross members going the other way, um, but I don't know. I, it seemed like fine, but I was second guessing myself. Um, I guess worst case scenario, you could always put another set of poles up in the center and run some more two by sixes going horizontal at the six foot mark. And then you would definitely have, wouldn't have any issues. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it seems like it would be fine, but I don't know. I guess we'll see. <laughs> we'll see in about 10 years. Um, <laughs> so I sold I sold my, my old mini truck, the one that broke down. I sold it. Nice. Uh, to somebody, you know, I had put, put it on a YouTube video and, um, I had, you know, when you, <laughs> I was reluctant to do that because I, you know, I, I told everyone to, if you're interested to email me and I was curious to see just how many emails I would actually get. <laughs> and, uh, but I only got, uh, 10 emails, which is not bad. Okay. Nope. Um, and so, I almost emailed you. <laughs> you should have. Um, but yeah, one one guy was, uh, you know, I had a few people that were like, they wanted to talk to me on the phone, you know, and I'm like, I don't want to call you on my on the phone. <laughs> you know, it's either I could answer questions through email, you know, it's like a Facebook marketplace. You're not calling people on the phone, you know, like you're just you're going through emails, you know, so. But one person says, you know what, I could come, like, it was like two days later, like, I could come, you know, this week and look at it. 
And, you know, so they drove like four hours and you could tell, I could kind of tell like he was serious about it. Um, he's like, I'm coming with a trailer and he made it, I guess he's a mechanic. He knows what he's knows how to work on trucks and, uh, he bought it for him and his son, like a project for him and his son to work on. Um, I think That's his cool. son was like in, it seemed like he was in high school. He was, he was there or something and they were really nice, nice, uh, nice people. They just came in and, and picked it up and I was like, so, um, what's their plans for it? They got to put a new motor in it, do a head gasket or they, they say it all. They didn't really say, I think he mentioned maybe, I don't think, I don't think he mentioned putting a new motor in it. He was just going to put a new head gasket in it, I guess. Um, I mean, I, I guess he would see when he, when he gets it, but, um, yeah, he didn't have, he wasn't, didn't seem too concerned about it. He was just like, oh yeah, you know, it's no big deal. <laughs> I'm like, all right, you know, so that was cool. I, you know, I'm glad I, I was able to get something for it. Um, right. And then I actually had like one of my next... neighbors ask if I could get you in touch with them. They wanted to buy it. I thought that was funny. Oh, really? Wow. <laughs> yeah. I know. Next thing you know, I will have a bunch of mini trucks in the back. <laughs> I know. No, no, I don't. <laughs> um, <laughs> but the, uh, the new mini truck that I bought, this is funny, man. Like I was just, um, I put the, I put the old bumper. I had took the bumper off of the one I sold and put it on the new truck. And then I was just kind of looking inside of the truck and stuff and I flipped back the seat, the driver's seat, and there's like a little pouch back there. And I just like opened up the pouch. I think I never noticed that before, but there was 12,000 yen, Japanese money, in the back of the seat. That's cool. <laughs> I was like, I was like, yen. I was like, I, you know, of course I Googled it, you know, how much is 12,000 yen? And it comes out to $82. It's like yeah. <laughs> That's funny. That's a few tanks of gas, though. I, I did two bucks. I was like, it was like folded up, like in the back. Like, I was like, what? It was <laughs> kind of funny. I was like, you know, am I, am I uh, on candid camera here or something? <laughs> you better go through that truck. You never know. You might have intercepted like the, uh, the Japanese mafia's truck or something like that. I'd go through it and see if there's any <laughs> other nuggets. I know. I want to have a knock at my door. Yeah. <laughs> a hidden camera in there or something. But, yeah. It was kind of cool. I was like, man, this is kind of neat. I better save these. So is that in the new mini truck or the old one? That was in the new mini truck, yeah. And I put new tires on it. Um, so somebody from Japan sent me brand new tires for the mini truck. He imported them over here because I guess he, well, he watches our channel and he, he drives a mini truck for like a daily driver over in Japan. Um, but he has a, not a truck. He has a, like a mini, a mini minivan <laughs> that he drives. And, uh, <laughs> he's like, I want to send you these tires. I was like, cause I went to the post office and the guy at the post office was like, cause the guy at the post office like watches our YouTube channel. It's kind of funny. Um, and he's like, hey, man. He's like, I got tires for you. And I was like, tires? I was like, I didn't order tires. And he, like, comes over and there's, like, you know, I was expecting, like, car tires. But they were car tires. They were little. So they were for my mini truck. And uh, I was like, that's funny. Uh, so I took him home and, and there was a letter in there. And so it was, it was cool. Like, the guy was like, yeah, hey, I just wanted to send you these because this is the tires that I use and I really like them. They have a little bit more aggressive tread on them. He's like, they would probably help you better um, driving around. So, yeah, super thankful for that. Just the tires or the tires and rims? It was just the tires. I had... Uh, you had to get them on and balanced? Yeah, I t well, I took them off the... Uh, I don't know about balanced, but I took them off the... Uh, <laughs> uh, I took all four of them off and then, I mean, all the, the old t tires with the rims and then I took them to a shop 
and then they put them on. Yep. You didn't want to That's attempt to it. mount tires yourself with no tools? <laughs> I thought about it. I, I went to Harbor Freight and was like, they have, they sell like a tire thing to do it. And I was like, eh, I don't know. I'm, I'll probably get frustrated. And I was like, no, nah, I, I better not do it. Again. And then plus the, I did. the, the place I took them at was, uh, you know, 60 bucks and they were done in yeah. like 15 minutes. Have you I tried it for the excursion tires? Never again. I, oh. I'll just pay the, you know, hundred bucks to get them mounted. <laughs> that was horrible. You had the gutter up on the lean to collecting water yet? No, not yet. That's the next thing. Uh, that's going to be something because I gotta, I, I want to do, I feel like I want to do like one of those first flush systems first yep. where it does the first flush and then it goes into the, the main water tank. Um, so it's going to take a little bit to, uh, probably I'll probably end up going to Lowe's like a hundred times, um, <laughs> trying, trying to figure out, you know, the, the pipe, the PVC pipe and how it's going to, you know, connect and finding all the right fittings and all that stuff. So that's what I'm trying to figure out right now. I think it's Have Homestead Anomics is a pretty good flushes? video about doing that. Mm. Yep. I think I did see that when I was looking at, looking that up. Um, I read a, a couple of things. I've seen a couple of things. Like some people say like it's more trouble than what it's worth um, because there's, you know, they get clogged, you know, there's a little bit of maintenance I don't know. I and mean, some people say that it won't hurt, you know, but I don't know. I figured I'd try it since I've never done it before just to see how it works and see if, if it's even worth it. How far is Lowe's and Home Depot from you guys? You got to keep making trips. Uh, it's about 20 minutes, 25 minutes. Okay. It's about the same for me. Yeah. yeah it's not, not real far. We're pretty close. That's a given. Far enough when you got to keep going back and forth yeah all right i guess i'll i'll jump in talk about my week uh i'm like jason i have to like write everything down everything i did or like pull up youtube and be like oh yeah that's right that's what we did uh so <laughs> I know. just kind of we've been working on getting uh fall garden stuff set up like i'm i'm getting the greenhouse set up ready for fall and winter um even having a greenhouse once it gets freezing cold outside, um, the temperatures at night just get too low. So it ends up freezing all but like the uh, the cold crops, your cabbages and stuff like that. Um, so realistically, we're just planting what we can and hopefully we'll have it to eat, you know, at least around Christmas. Um, unless I were to figure out, like, I would really like to build like a rocket mass heater inside of a greenhouse. I think that'd be really cool, but uh, I just don't have the time right now. Um, pretty much the main thing I did this, this weekend that didn't make it to YouTube was I made another chicken tractor. Um, last week I, I made, uh, like a Siskovich style chicken tractor. It's kind of the, uh, uh, the, so the land version of the Siskovich chicken tractor. I really like the way Jason has built his, so I just copied his and, uh, did it with, you know, just an arch rather than the, the A-frame look. And man, it's a game changer for doing meat birds. When you can just move the thing out of the poop onto fresh grass, get in there, do what you need to do, get out of there. Oh, it is, it's so much nicer being able to get in that chicken tractor instead of like lean over with a stick or like when you're, when you're moving a chicken tractor, if you have those fat lazy ones that don't want to move and you end up running them over and you have to walk around and pick it up and let them out. It's just, this is so much better. So yeah, I built another one. I built pretty much identical. Uh, I figured strike while the iron's hot, you know, it's all fresh in my mind how I built the first one. So I built the second one, did it in about, I don't know, day and a half. Um, and that's including the, uh, trip to Lowe's to get what I needed. Uh, but, yeah, it's it's out there full of chickens now. It's nice to see those those two uh, chicken tractors out there. And I think that'll probably get us. It's gonna be uh, really. It'll be really nice on uh, Butcher Day. To yes, have that. I think that that is pretty much yeah. the main motivation 
for building these is on butcher day, it is so miserable crawling on your hands and knees trying to catch those last couple chickens. Uh, it's completely worth it. Um, and I got two of those chick lifts. Those are a game changer. Those are an absolute game changer. So moving, you just walk around, step on that wheel, it pops the thing up, it moves easy. That's the way to go. I was going to ask you how heavy they are, but if you got the chick lift, it really doesn't matter at that point. They're, uh, they're pretty heavy They're I built them out of two by fours. Um, you know, they're all, the joints are all lap, lap joints, uh, where everything connects together. Um, it looks real clean. Uh, it's pretty, pretty sturdy. I'm not worried about, you know, going over a rock or a bump or something and breaking them. Um, right. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty happy. I think part of the problem is up until now, everything I've done has been just get the job done. Like we just need a place for chickens. We just need to get everything running. And so everything just looks janky. And so now we're to the point where we can, I have the time and the budget to actually like make stuff look nice. And so having some nice looking chicken tractors is like, that's the bee's knees. Uh, <laughs> after a while you get tired of looking at your own yeah. junk. And I, I think it's finally got to that point. It's like, why am I dealing with this? Like all of my chicken stuff looks janky. Like everything looks janky. So I'm remedying that. Yeah. At a certain point you get tired of looking at pallets and tarps. <laughs> <laughs> yep you do our chicken tractors need to get redone for next year for sure ours we've had them for a few years now they're made out of those like picket fence posts that you can get at lowe's and home depot we laughed they lasted for four years ish but now they're just all starting to rot and yeah. fall apart so it's like yep time to do was, something again that was about how long ours cost lasted 20 bucks to build. yeah it cost 20 bucks to build them Four years ago, it's probably a hundred bucks now to to build to build <laughs> yeah. that cheap little one. I bet you. Yeah. I know. I have a I have an old Maybe video, old video that I did building my first Siskovich chicken tractor, and the video was called uh, "Hundred and Fifty Dollar Chicken Tractor." <laughs> <laughs> now, now it's like seven hundred dollar chicken tractor. <laughs> you know. <laughs> something like that actually yeah i i think i only had like maybe maybe 200 bucks in material before the wheels um so they they really weren't outrageous but yeah yeah they can be pretty pricey if you're buying top the line stuff and the chick lift and all that stuff chick lifts are like chick lifts oh gosh what was it 200 yeah it's like 200 bucks they're pricey, but they they're pricey. But I bet you they save a lot of chickens from their legs getting ran over. They do. So far, I have had zero <laughs> casualties moving. Yeah. Plus, you don't so, have to bend down. Right. That's right. It's one of how those things. Being able to use your feet. How many meat birds do you guys do a year, Ben? Right now, we're just doing a hundred. Um, you know, you figure hundred times. <laughs> just a hundred. Yeah, just a hundred. Um, it's like six to seven hundred pounds of chicken, if you think about it. Um, and when you kind of, we kind of talked about this a couple podcasts ago. Um, six, seven hundred pounds of chicken, about the same in pork, uh, about the same in beef, and that's like more than enough meat for a year. So, yeah, uh, we we figured out that we would rather do just a big batch all at once. Um, the spring batch sucks because we're butchering in May usually, and usually by May it's already up towards the nineties and it's just hot and miserable and there's flies and we found doing it in fall. We've actually found they get bigger because they have to eat more to keep warm and like come butcher day, you know, it's usually in November. That's when we plan for it. Uh, it's cold. Okay. Like you don't have to worry about keeping ice and stuff like that. You know, doing it in May, that that was the biggest struggle is like keeping ice in the coolers because it's so hot outside. So yeah, we uh, we like doing it in fall. Now is that around the same time you do your pigs? <laughs> I, I think I think with that question, I could 
easily segue into what our uh, our topic of the day is. So I'll just I'll <laughs> let you talk about your week, and then I can I can get back to that. There you go. We've been busy with the workshop. It's been all dried in for a little while now. Now we're working on building some interior walls, and I started doing the electrical wiring. So we can start getting some. We gotta get the electrical wiring done so I can get some wall sheathing up. So then we can install all of our solar stuff. So we kind of gotta do it a little backwards because I gotta have a good solid wall mount to mount the solar stuff on. So before I get that, I want to get some wiring done. So that way behind the wall, it's already done. But it's been kind of nice to have some inside work because we've been such a rainy summer, but now we're having some nice dry weather. We've had a lot of like finished grade work around the workshop that wasn't able to get done when they made that area for us because it, it was all a big steep bank. So we had them dig down and like pull the dirt back and like level it off, make a big terrace which they're able to get it nice, but they couldn't get like the finish grade because everything was so wet. So it's finally started to dry out. So they're able to get it all graded up nice around. And then we're going to put another like a U driveway through. So if we want to be able to pull in and just pull out with a trailer, we don't have to like jig and jag to turn around and get back out. So it's been kind of nice seeing all the finishing touches start to come together. So we're getting, we're getting excited. Then we'll have some solar stuff to start doing. We've been starting to think a lot about fall and winter. Last week, we had a lot of 42 degree mornings. It was pretty chilly. And right now it's like 90 degrees out. So this week, it's like an Indian summer for us. But we know fall and winter's here. The leaves are starting to change already, which seems kind of crazy. We got some maple trees that already got yellow leaves. Grass isn't growing as fast. I don't know. We we still want to get a barn up this year because I don't want to be milking the cow when it's like 20 to below zero, just like out in pasture or out in a little small, you know, we got to try, we're trying to think ahead. Like, okay, we need a good sized barn to keep the cow and to store hay, a place to milk. So trying to get a bunch, I don't know. It seems like for us in our area, it's like rush, rush, rush for springtime because you want to, you're finally getting out of snow and you're excited chomping at the bit and you want to start growing stuff. And then you have a short season. It's like, Oh, we got to rush, rush, rush because winter's going to be here before we know it. So we got to finish harvesting the pigs and putting food away and getting everything ready for winter. You think that'll be your next project? Some a milk barn. Yeah. I think we're going to do a barn. We're going to do a, we're going to do an open concept, like basically just like a kind of like what you built Jason, but bigger. Mm. And then as we know exactly our needs and how we want to lay it out, we'll stop putting more walls up just because we don't, I don't know. I don't know exactly how, you know, we want to start raising more pigs, get some breeder pigs. We got the dairy cow, but we want to get into beef cattle. So I want to have a place to have the beef cattle come in in the wintertime if we need. I don't want to get a huge herd, but something. So we want to kind of have like a bunch of areas that we can use for deep bedding and stuff and hay storage. So. I think we'll do like what you did, but just a little bit bigger kind of thing. So you got to chop but wood. I'm what you guys thought. You got to chop wood, Al? So we buy a cut, split, delivered. We always get a hard time for buying firewood. But to <laughs> me, that's one of those things like there's always so much to do on the homestead. You kind of got to like outsource something. Yeah. With the firewood, we buy it from a local guy. He cuts, splits, delivers it. He buys the logs from a local logger. I think, you know, you, if you figure if you're buying the wood log length, I'm paying that guy to cut, split, deliver it like a hundred bucks a cord. So it's like, yeah, I could go cut down my own trees, but if you had to buy all the firewood yourself, log length, a hundred bucks to cut, split a cord of firewood is, uh, it's, it's kind of worth good. it to pay a hundred bucks, I think right now. When, you're, definitely when you consider your time and if there's something else you need. Yeah, I know. Well, we're on our one and a half acres. We had a little tiny wood stove that I have put in our single wide mobile home. And that thing was so little that I, early on I would pay to have wood delivered, but then I would have to chop it down like further <laughs> because the stove was so little. Oh, I feel like almost I had to chop it down like three times. 
<laughs> because of that. And it was such a pain, you know? But sometimes, you know, I had to remind myself, though, like, man, this is, I wanted to do this, you know? <laughs> like, like when I had him, when I was in my office job, you know, I would be like, I want to go out there and chop wood, you know? Like, it sounds so romantic, you know, and, and burning in my wood stove in my house, you know? Uh, and now that I was doing it, it was like, yeah, this sucks. <laughs> I can think of, it's like, I felt like it was like mowing the lawn, you know, like I want to mow my own acres, you know, sitting in my office job. And then after I was doing it, I was like, yeah, this sucks. Like I could think of something way more funner things to do. <laughs> right. Are you going to do a wood stove in the new house? We talk about it, but I don't know. It's kind of like the house is, I feel like there's not really a good spot for it. Like, yeah. I don't know where we would put it. I feel like it would have to be maybe like in a corner somewhere. But I don't know. I mean, it did originally have a some kind of wood furnace down in our basement. And that's how, okay. and it was, um, that's how it got heat because there's there's a chimney on on this place um but when we you know when we bought it there was no stove down there but there's like a hole for one um but i can't imagine putting one down there and having to you know feed it all the time i think it, it's important i would think it's important i mean we liked having the one in the mobile only because you know, we're on all electric here. And if something were to go out, you know, the wood stove is kind of like our emergency, you know, our, our backup. Right. You know, then we have no heat. Like right now, like if the electricity would go out in the winter, we'd have no heat. How long do you guys get a heat for usually? So like for us, I probably would, I probably run the wood stove five to six months a year just to heat the house. Like right now we got the outdoor boiler, we run that year round, but I'd say it was five to six months worth of at the other house. We'd have that wood boil, wood bur wood stove mm. going in the basement. I don't know, what'd you say, Ben? Like two months? Two months. Uh, for us, we, we heat the house from like starting in December. Sometimes in November, we'll have a cold snap. But you know, from Thanksgiving until maybe March, like, towards the end of March, something like that. Um, but by March, it's starting to warm up again. So yeah, uh, really just three months. You guys got to run ACs all summer long, like six months out of the year? Or... <laughs> Actually, this like cool yeah. weather we've had the past <laughs> week, we, uh, we've turned off the AC and opened up all the windows. It has been very nice. We slept with the window open last night, and it actually got so cold. Mm. It was like down in the low 60s. It was like, Yes, this is nice. I need my hoodie this morning. It's my California blood right there. You think you'll ever put a wood stove in your mobile home, Ben? We've talked about it. We are very closely considering uh, adding on to this mobile home. Um, we're going to build the deck soon. Mm -hmm. I, I say that. I've been saying that for six months. Um, but we've talked about because of the way I'm going to do it, I'm going to change the roof line. And if I do that, we could add on. And if we do add on, we'd add some space in the living room in addition to what we want to add on uh, down on one end. And we would we would add a wood stove. So <laughs> I have a couple of wood stoves. I think I have four of them. Uh, I've had two people give <laughs> me wood stoves and then we got one at a estate auction. So I've got wood stoves everywhere, uh, you know, just in case it's yeah. like if we ever need it it's like yeah i'll just slap this in here real quick how about you go ben like what what are you doing to prepare for the winter so see if i could i should have like wrote down i wish i could like bookmark my thoughts uh kind of in that vein of like what are we doing to get ready for winter um because we don't have any you know we heat with electric um we don't have firewood to speak of um which we hope to remedy that, but just the situation we're in right now, we don't have to worry about that. Um, 
kind of the things that we're working on to get ready for winter is we're trying to finish up preserving everything. Um, we really, we enjoy eating out of the garden. We enjoy eating what we put up. Um, it's, you know, for a lot of reasons, health is the main one. Um, if you don't know what's in it, uh, you don't know what you're putting in your body. And so eating our own food is kind of important to us. Um, so yeah, like I said, we're, we're putting away the rest of the garden. Um, we're getting to the point we're about ready to rip out the tomatoes cause they're pretty much done, uh, down here, you know, late summer, you start dealing with fungus so bad. It just starts just wiping all your tomatoes out. So, uh, tomatoes are about done. I've, you know, I, we're, we're ready to put the garden to bed. I think that's conversation me and Meg were having earlier today was let's start wrapping everything up. Um, part of that is because as soon as we head into fall, as soon as it's cold, we are going to start processing animals. We've got a whole bunch of pigs that we're going to process. We've got the cow, um, chickens, like I mentioned earlier. Uh, there's just a whole bunch of stuff that we want to get done because we're doing classes with these pigs, uh, the pig classes are going to stretch into January, which January is a great time here to do stuff like that because it's so cold. You can hang them outside at night and you don't have to really worry about them spoiling, which is highly convenient. Uh, I understand why all the old timers always used to butcher once the nights get down to below freezing. Uh, it's really convenient not needing a walk-in cooler. But, yeah, so, so that's is, kind of the stuff so we're, cold we're working on. Yeah, it's real cold in January. Um, I want to say last, this past January, uh, when we hung, we did a, a hand-hewn workshop. And the night, you know, the, the pig we killed, we just hung it outside where we gutted it. Like, I have a, a little gib crane that I built, and we just hung it from that. And uh, when we all came in in the morning, those sides of pork were frozen solid. So it was, it's highly convenient. No, no cold storage needed. Just work with nature, work with the seasons. You know, there's a season for everything. And if you're going to get into doing your own meat, <laughs> December, January, that's the time to do it. So, yeah, that's, that's kind of where we're October. at. We're, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I am a little envious of how soon it gets cold for you guys and stays cold. Um, for us, like our first frost date is in October. It's October 15th, but it gets real cold in November and then it warms back up like the first week of December. And then towards Christmas is when it finally gets cold and stays cold for the next couple, you know, six, eight weeks. But yeah, I, 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 October 15th. Yeah, October 15th. I think that's our first frost date too, which is kind of crazy. There's a lot of places that's the first frost date, but your lows are a lot colder than ours. You know, I think that's where your USDA zones come in. Um, we're a 7B, I believe. Um, and what are you, like a 4 are you colder? 4B, yeah. No, we're a 4B. 4B. Yeah. Yeah. So, quite so a lot. First a lot colder. September 15th. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're a month month before us. You guys are headed into fall. That's awesome. We are. Yep. It'll be fall here before we know it. I remember the first year we uh, moved out here, the very first year it snowed in on Halloween. Wow. I mean, snowed. I mean, it wasn't like 12 inches or nothing, but it was a little bit of something. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's unheard of coming from Southern California. Yeah, <laughs> I know. We're freaking out. <laughs> we were freaking out. We're like, what is this? We're like walking out there like, oh, my gosh, it's snowing. It was, it was amazing. I'll never forget that. Now, do you guys got a water about you? worry about your water freezing like do you gotta take any extra special precautions for your animals 
So very much or pretty much. Um, like I use those uh, 55 gallon drum waterers for the pigs and they are functional up until it gets down into the low teens. Um, they, uh, they have enough mass that they don't really freeze solid. Now this past winter in December, when it got down to single digits, yeah, those suckers froze solid and they didn't defrost for a week. Um, so that was kind That's of a struggle. Uh, yeah. Um, I got some, you know, after the fact, I got a whole bunch of tank heaters, um, and I can just run tank heaters to wherever I need them. Um, you know, it's kind of a pain in the butt running extension cords all over this property, but it's really only for like a week at a time, you know, barring the hundred year freeze <laughs> that we could have. Um, but yeah, actually having that cold snap really opened my, my eyes to, where all of our weaknesses are and water is such a big deal when all of a sudden, you know, it's not a matter of you don't have water. It's a matter. It's, it's frozen. Um, you know, all of our spigots are all frost free, but you put a bowl of water out for the animals and in, you know, 45 minutes it's frozen solid and they can't drink it anymore. So that was kind of a challenge. Uh, some, some cases I just have to haul water from, you know, all the way up here at the well house, down to the animals. Um, I don't really have any water lines ran out there yet. I would like to get some put in, but that's just, that's where we're at. That was one of the first things we did was bury water lines like four feet deep. Mm. We put a gravity spring. So it's like, yeah, in the wintertime, you, you can't run hoses because they, they're not going to defrost for you. The waters, the animals water just freeze up and like we couldn't have a, one of those 55 gallon drums that would freeze from that would be probably frozen solid from November all the way to February, March anyway. So it's kind of like one of our big struggles is you got, you got to always have water. And I guess the biggest thing, the easiest thing I found is just do those black rubber dishes, you know, constant, mm -hmm. not constantly, but fill them up a couple of times a day. And when they freeze, you just bust them out and, do it again. So this year yep. it'll be a little bit more interesting with the cow because she drinks a lot more water. Yeah, we only had the two uh Cooney Cooney breeding pair this this last winter. Or actually no, we had the uh we had one of the beefy boys, one of our cows this last winter. But now we have four more piglets. But yeah, I water is always a issue. For the most part though, if it's sunny out but it's cold in the morning, you know, by like 9, 9 a.m., like all the hoses are, uh, they un, you know, they're thawed out by 9 or 10. That'd so usually nice. I don't get started till to chores. I was like, well, I might as well not even go out there till 9 because <laughs> everything's frozen unless I want to haul buckets around. Um, but that's why I think for us, like, I'm, I really want to do a greenhouse. Um, before it gets cold and I want to put our egg layers in there and maybe even our pigs in there. Um, and I, I think that would help with the water situation as far as maybe it won't freeze, but that's what I really want to do. I don't know if I'll get it done before this winter, but I, I that's what I'm trying to look into right now. How big of a greenhouse you want to do for the animals? I don't know. I mean, I was thinking about doing, I, I, I want to do two of them. Um, but at least one, I was thinking 12 feet wide by maybe 60 feet. How big was the one you kind of had for the pigs at the other property? That was, was kind of like a hoop house style. Yeah, that was basically a greenhouse. That was 12 foot wide by 30. Okay. So twice, um, twice as long, basically. Yeah. And yeah, for the coonies, I mean, the coonies are just so easy going that <laughs> they don't need much. You planning on doing anything with your greenhouse, Ben, over winter? Uh, we'll just be growing in it. Um, you know, it's kind of funny. Yeah. I would, I would really like to run animals in the greenhouse for exactly the reason you just said, uh, for water. Uh, but I mean, we got it, and we have immediately hopped into growing food in it. 
you know, I guess having your chickens in yeah. there, you're growing food still, but, uh, we, uh, we like having vegetables, you know, it's not like we can't go to the store yeah. and buy fresh vegetables. Um, but yeah. it is nice to it's true. be like, Hey, you want like stir fry with cabbage? I'm just going to walk out to the garden and pick some cabbage or some broccoli or something in January. Like that's kind of cool. Yep. So that's, I don't know. Maybe, maybe once we start ripping the rest of the stuff out, maybe I might like cordon off, like, I don't know, like 15 feet of it and we'll stick, stick our mobile flock out there. Uh, but I don't know. It, it, one thing that is nice about shutting everything down for the winter is there's no grass. So there's no more rotation of the animals until spring. And I am, I'm very much looking forward to the end of rotation for the year. Winter is just like, it's nice having downtime, like honest to goodness downtime. I know. As much as I like animals, I kind of like raising the animals and then butchering them all before winter. <laughs> but <laughs> I like that. It gives you a break. But at the same time, it's probably not the best. I mean, now that we have the bigger property, I feel like I should have like bigger animals year round, you know, like. Like a like we're gonna raise you know more beef at some point, and I feel like I should get them now probably and just take my time with them and just like have them for like a couple of years and not be in a hurry such a hurry to butcher them. Well, you know that, or a milk that's cow, kind of the right? old way is <laughs> you just buy them in the spring and butcher them in the fall. That way you don't have to feed them over winter. It's one of those things, if you've got the yeah. forage or you yeah, can support them over the winter yourself, then it's a little bit cheaper. Now, does your winter really slow down for you guys, or does it just shift? Like for us, it's it slows down with animal chores because you don't get the meat birds, you don't have pigs, but then it you still stay busy with snow removal, and I don't know, it just seems like you've moved from one busy to another busy, which is nice because it's seasonal, so it's always, something, it's always changing. Or would you say you have more of a slowdown? time in the winter or he's still pretty much as busy slow down with animals yes uh i would say like the inside projects start like that's that's when i i spend the most time in the yeah. barn building stuff and like i try to get down there and make knives and do some forging it's nice to fire up that forge when it's freezing cold outside because it i mean it'll have that barn warmed up real quick so it's it's just it's fun to be down there beating on metal when it's cold outside, uh, but kind of the past couple of years we've had so much going on. I'm like prepping, getting beds ready, building compost. You know, there's a whole nother set of things that go on during the winter. Like honestly, it's a it's a sweaty mess out there flipping compost during the summer. My favorite time to make compost is in the winter when it's cold. Because it's, I mean, there's something so satisfying about flipping a compost pile and just seeing just steam billowing up in the cold morning. Like that's, <laughs> that's awesome. So yeah, there's, there's a whole different set of chores and things that have to be done over winter, but it's, it's all right. Like it's a, it's a change in season. It's a welcome change in season. I just know a lot of people are always like, oh, it slows down in the winter. And I'm like, where I am, it don't slow down. It some things, you know, it changes, but you're just as busy year round. I'm yeah. like, nah, I don't think it slows down, but yeah, it's it's more of like I don't want to give people the wrong perception. Yeah, well, like Ben said, like it's more inside work. Like we have a kitchen that we need to renovate. Um, you know, also like more of a like a greenhouse, like building a greenhouse, more more uh, building project stuff, or like my fence, I need to. I need to put a new fence, you know. I feel like the fence line is going to be my winter project. Um, doing some woven wire in various spots. Um, so, uh, yeah, now that we have no animals in the winter or hardly any animals, uh, it, I think it shifts uh, into preparing. Then you're preparing for spring, right? Prepar preparing for summer uh and trying to uh be ready for that i will say i'm jealous with that because you guys can do like outside projects like year round like in the winter time you can be able to clean up your yard if you want we're like us like 
December, January, maybe you could be out there like fixing fence and building fence. And for us, the ground's frozen. There's snow on the ground. If you don't have something prepped, if you don't have like a groundwork prepped for say a building by November, you ain't building any projects outside. So watching you guys, your projects like, man, that'd be perfect. Especially if you want to build a fence or cut the forest back and everything's yeah. dormant. Seems like for you guys for like six months, then you can actually be out there working where for us, it's frozen or you got five feet of snow. It's like, mm, that's not happening. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that would be hard. Uh, we had talked about moving to Michigan before we came to North Carolina and fell in love. And honestly, I'm glad we didn't just because I don't think moving from California to like Michigan winters with all that snow. I don't know if we would have been able to survive. We We probably would have gone crazy, but. Uh, the more of North Carolina winters we've had, I think we probably could move up someplace colder. But it's like you said, dealing with frozen everything is a whole different ball game. Yeah, you got to plan. You got to plan more. Like I'm looking for, like we've been planning, or do, we're doing a lot of building this year in the last couple of years. But I'm looking forward to once we have a lot of our big main structures in to kind of shift to not so many big projects and trying to. And we've just been gung ho, but it's like we have such a small building season if we don't start springtime like right when the ground the frost gets out of the ground you know you're not going to be able to do all your stuff because you got to plan ahead and if we don't have like the shell put up by november you're not going to start building a new you know barn or an outside project until come springtime so makes that makes the planning a little rougher so or more important i should say so it'll be nice once the bigger projects are done and we can start doing smaller inside stuff and what part of Michigan were you looking at, Ben? Was there a certain area, or were you just like looking at the whole state? Uh, see, we we looked over here, we looked over here, <laughs> and then you know, yeah. up in the UP for the All the people over. who are audio only. I held up my hand the way. It was honestly, it's kind of a cool thing when you go to Michigan. People talk about Michigan <laughs> by holding up their hand and pointing to various locations. Um. I, uh, there's a few places we liked. We really liked the UP. Um, but that's what everybody says. Everybody loves the UP until they live there. And it's like snow, like 10 feet of snow. Um, but I don't know. We didn't really have a particular place. Um, there's a few places we liked Manistee and, you know, further up North, but yeah, yeah it wasn't in the cards. The snow is nice. It's fun to be able to get out in the woods and play and, Oh, it's, it's completely different in the woods when it's covered in a bunch of fresh snow and it's deep and the critters act different. And yeah, it's, it's nice having a change, but it can get long. You guys have like backup generators, stuff like that. So yeah, we have a backup generator because we're on solar. So we have enough solar panels as long as we get two to three hours of full sun a day that we don't need the generator. But this last past winter a lot of days we'd be lucky if we got like one hour of good sunlight and it was we had such an overcast winter we would put like 130 or 150 hours on the generator to charge all of our batteries back up yeah about 300 gallons of propane is what we went through to run the generator for the winter so but that's the electric bill that's what we pay we know then having to pay up front for all the solar now it's just whatever we use for propane in the winter time. I know in the, our other property, we had wood heat and the wood heat was, you know, it was a, I'm trying to think the name brand. It's an Amish made wood stove, Energy Max DS. I think it was DS is the name of the company. It was Amish made and there was no fans or no nothing and that would heat the whole house. So I designed that because I'm like, we live in an area where you, you know, you don't lose power a lot, but if you lose power and it's 20 below zero out and, you know, you don't get heat going for a couple of hours. It gets pretty cold in the house. I don't want to have to worry about that. So we designed the this the other house to run off of just wood heat with no fans or anything, and that always heated well. And we never had a we had a backup generator, but we didn't have to use it. I mean, in the winter time, if you lose power, as long as you have heat, and if you lose power, you can just stick all your frozen stuff out in a snowbank if you need to. Yeah, you don't got to worry about. Yep, that's true. Do you yeah, guys we have backup generators? 
Because when you guys have a storm, it's kind of more severe for you guys, I feel like. Yeah, we got. I have got a backup, backup generator, generator, but I never had to use it. We probably have to dust ours off once, once a year, maybe <laughs> twice a year. Um, you know, I try to pull it out every so often, fire it up just to make sure everything's all hunky dory. Um, we've also we've got some redundancy. I've got batteries and solar panels stashed in various places to where I can charge batteries and you know charge really anything i need um i've got inverters and stuff like that you know small stuff um but yeah uh, anytime the power's gone out i think the longest we've dealt with a power outage around here was like four or five days um so it's it's usually not very bad that's long enough though to lose your refrigeration and everything yeah. if you didn't have a if you didn't have a backup I don't know. I think anytime the power goes out, it's usually like winter storms. And so it's cold enough. We don't have to worry about really, you know, running, running freezers on the generator. Like if we have power outages in the summer, that's the biggest worry is worrying about keeping, you know, all this meat that we're putting in the freezer um, cold. Mm -hmm. But generally, uh, you know, Duke is the power down here and they're, uh, they're pretty on the spot. They, uh, we've had trees fall there's a power line cut right out at the front of the road and there's actually trees laying on the power line right now and you know i've called the power company and told them that's not a real big priority but usually once a year when the power goes out it's because another tree fell on the power lines in that cut down there at the front of the property uh and they're usually you know when we tell them hey there's a power line in our driveway they're usually there within an hour have either of you guys tried salt brining a chicken? Oh, yes. We always do our turkeys like that. Oh, yes. Turkeys, yeah. We did turkey last year with that. Yeah. Wait, you going to try it? Doing that lately with the meat bird. We've been uh, doing it the last two or three meat birds. We've been doing it. And it, oh, yeah. It's so much, it's so, it's so much tastier. And to me, it, it makes the, the texture of the chicken almost more like a turkey like the breast meat of a turkey and then i we Something. found that the chicken broth is a lot tastier something meg has gotten into is she's been you know making like breakfast ham if you will and so she takes odd cuts of pork like we like to take the uh the sweet meat or the uh you know the the tenderloin that's the inside portion of the loin and she'll take that and she mm -hmm. you know brines it and cures it and when she's done with it it tastes just like uh you know like lunch meat ham or like the ham you'd cook for breakfast like you slice off a log it's exactly what it tastes like and it's i love anything brined is just amazing i love brined and cured meats like that it's so yeah. good you guys you do your own bacon and everything right ben you cure that all and smoke it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Getting into all the uh charcuterie stuff is really the direction cuz you know on on the note of uh power and freezers and all that we don't like being so dependent on power. Um you know, what what happens if the power goes out forever? You know, what if you know, what if there's an EMP? What if there's a coronal mass ejection that takes out power? You know, all the what ifs that you, you can think about. Well, there's canning um, and there's going to be canning until the propane runs out. And then what? Well, we've got a lot of salt stockpiled and we can, you know, we could just make salt pork out of all the pork. We can, we can cure a lot of the, <laughs> uh, the random cuts, but you know, in the meantime, right now, the thing we've been focusing on learning is curing of meats. How do you preserve stuff that doesn't need power? Like being able to hang an entire leg of a pig in your kitchen and it doesn't go bad is awesome. Like if you ever need protein, you just pull the thing off the off where it's hanging, slice some meat off and like you're good to go. Same with the bacon. Um, we're going to probably try it this winter is doing like a like a cured bacon one that doesn't need refrigeration i've heard they can be a little bit saltier but the idea of 
any protein we can store that doesn't need refrigeration is like, that's where it's at for us. Now, have you found any good books reading up for all that, like the salt carrying of bacon and yeah, we've got a couple of them. Um, I don't know them off the top of my head. Um, I think one's actually called charcuterie. Um, it's got, yeah, Meg's over there in the corner looking, <laughs> she's going to pull out all the books for me. Uh, I, th I think we've got like three or four decent books that we, uh, we reference all the time. Um, but yeah, it's, so, oh, she's bringing me an entire stack of books. Okay. We got there three of go. them. Yeah. This is for, for the YouTube audience. <laughs> this one's a good one. This is the river yeah. cottage curing and smoking handbook. That yep. was a good one. I really like that yeah, one. They have a lot of taste recipes. There's the shirt. There's the charcuterie book. Um, that one's a good one. And then there's the River Cottage Meat book. It's this huge tome of knowledge. A uh, lot of lot of really don't have that useful information. Yeah, that's same same as the first one. It's a river river cottage. Um But it's meat. Anything you need. Really like kind of our philosophy is we are building off grid Google. Um build up your books now while you can get them, you know, in case something were to happen. Um I don't know if anybody else has noticed, but it's getting harder and harder to find stuff on a search engine. All you get is mainstream articles and ads and stuff like that. You used to be able to put anything into a search engine and you could find what you're looking for. And maybe it's just me, but I'm having a harder and harder time finding information that I want to find through a search engine. Plus cooking with like a, an animal that you raised, like you... You you can have a hard time finding like a like you don't know what where to trust and you know or what what's what's a good recipe because not a whole lot of people are doing that. I'd like to find a good recipe for like a cured bacon that you can just have hanging in your kitchen instead of having to go in the freezer and take a package of bacon out. You can just kind of like take it off the sandwich, slice out a couple of pieces, and fry it up every morning. I mean that'd be pretty ideal. That's that's this one. The uh the River Cottage book. That's that one. They've got they've got a recipe for that. You need to so get a cold smoker. You know that I'd that's a question that has been coming up a lot. Um, I think the Has two, it been two that we had. Yet? Yeah, we've got two of them in here that are at the two year mark, and well, just about in like January, I think technically is two years. Uh, they're guinea hog hams, and they are taking forever to lose the right amount of weight. Uh, we're waiting until they lose, I think yep. it's 40% of their weight. Yeah, I think it's 40%. Um, and they're just, they're stalled out. They're not losing any more weight. So we're just waiting. Um, I think That's what's funny. funny is like, it doesn't really matter if they're, if like you can eat them before they've reached, you know, that, that weight, you just have to cook it. You know, if it's still got too much of its liquid in it, you just have to cook it. So we can eat them anytime we want. We just want to eat them, you know, on a charcuterie board with, you know, crackers and cheeses and dried fruit and stuff like that. But if you haven't needed it, you could just cut it up and fry it in the frying pan or however. And yep. You'd have some. Yep. Treat it. Treat it just like salty bacon. Yep. Yeah. Ours, it'll be two years in November. Um, but looking at it now, I mean, it's probably ready to go now. I mean, to me... I think it's going to be hard as rock, <laughs> but, but we'll see for sure. <laughs> I have my doubts that it's going to be edible, but. <laughs> well, if you decide that it's too hard, I have a bandsaw. Just bring it over here and we'll, we'll cut all that hard crust off till you get down to stuff that's cuttable. No, I, I can't wait to dip into it. We almost did this week actually, because my dad was down. And he was like, I want to, I want to try that. You know, he wanted to try it before he left because <laughs> he wasn't going to come back. He's not going to come back till next year sometime. And uh, we almost did and uh, we just didn't, but, uh, but we'll be doing it soon. Now, have you guys ever found any old timers in your area that used to do all that stuff like salt and smoking and curing hams? Cause you're pretty much in like the capital for that, aren't you? Yep. Everybody out here does uh, like country hams. Not that I know of. I don't think I've met anyone that does that or like an old timer. 
we we've met a couple people out here that are you know the old blood you know true appalachian families and you know they watch our youtube and they're like you know we don't do them like that we do country hams you know you bury them in salt and you know do them that way and it, it it's really cool to talk to people who still do that um honestly i wish i could spend a couple weeks with them it's like show me how you do it i want to learn you know the way that it's been done out here now i will say uh, it makes a lot of sense why they do country hams out here where they're buried in salt um even doing the the cure method we do um we've had problems we've lost a couple hams um you know after they come out of the fridge and they've been cured you hang them up and they have to start drying well then we'll have some warm weather in like March and all of a sudden there'll be maggots dropping out of these hams that just came out of the fridge for their month long cure. And we have to throw them out. It's just, it's a shame when that happens. But after, I think we've lost two hams that way and it's like, okay, that's why they do country hams out here. Use the salt to your advantage. Is it a country ham? Isn't there like a salt and sugar mix for some reason? I feel like it can be. Um, generally, uh, let's see. I have a neighbor who's actually doing one right now. Uh, bury it in salt for the curing process, you know, period of time. Take it out. You wash all the salt off. Um, let it dry a little bit. And then you put your rub of salt and usually spices and sugar. And then you let that sit and age on the ham and you know, after it's i guess once it's lost enough weight or enough time's gone by then you get to cut it up and eat it the same way so you can really do any recipe you want you can do savory sweet anything i'd love to meet an old timer that did all that stuff that just had the knowledge and oh yeah this is how you do it yeah that's like second nature to him we'll have to learn it all so we can be like the wise old men someday and people will be coming asking us <laughs> For the what? wise wisdom. Oh, oh that's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> right. I know. I'm trying. I'd like to get a nice cold smoker for sure. But those are kind of hard to find. Not other than making them yourself. But... You got to make one. Yeah, you yeah. got to build them. What about a walk-in cooler, Al? Do you have a, you have a walk-in cooler? We did. We don't right now. But in the workshop, we're making a 10 by 14 cool room, I'm calling it. And then in the future, when we're not using it for all of our freezer storage, I might turn in and put the cool box down there. But then we wanted to have a real root cellar. We have down by where the workshop is, we have a, a good sized bank that we dug out. Like, so we flattened everything off and there's a bank right here. So I'd like to dig into that bank probably next year and do a nice big root cellar. Yeah, that'd be cool. So, we got got a bunch of natural springs on the property. So I'm in my head, I'm always just thinking, you know, if we ever need a place, we could just bury everything, you know, what they used to do with the milk back in the day. They just build, build like a spring box. And because most of the springs are around like 40 degrees. So you can keep your milk and your cheeses and different things like refrigerator temp. But it'll be interesting to look back on all of our properties in like 10 years. You know, we've all done it quite a bit in the in a, in a few years. What's the, what are all the properties going to look like in ten more years? You know, yeah, that'll be pretty wild. That'll be cool. Yeah, well, we by then we might have things to run out of. Like we're not going to have things, no content there. <laughs> <laughs> I will have plenty of stories to tell. <laughs> I'm like, I already built all the structures. Like, uh, I don't have anything else to film. <laughs> now it's me right. just uh, curing a ham. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yep. hey, by that time, people might actually be looking more and more for that kind of stuff. Yeah, you can't find recipes on Google anymore at, by that time. Right. <laughs> <You can't. laughs> Not without a subscription. I know. <laughs> It'll be subscriptions for everything and apps for everything. Yeah, no more books. I think we're all looking forward to winter for cooler weather. You guys will have to come up here some winter time. When's the best time to come? To When's the best time to come in the winter? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you. I think for you guys to experience, like, if we had like a good cold, snowy winter, for you guys to come up sometimes, we could do some snowshoeing yeah. or 
That would be fun. You know, ice fishing. Oh man, ice fishing would be cool. Would be out in the... I've never experienced like weather like that. I mean, North Carolina. When you walk coldest... outside, and you... what's the coldest? Oh, I... it was zero degrees here one time, like for like a minute. Okay. <laughs> for... <laughs> so when you walk outside and your nose hair freezes instantly. That's when you know it's cold. <laughs> That's cold. That's like cold. Oh. <laughs> uh, uh, I I oh, worked yeah. at a eighteen wheeler dealership, and we had like a two week stretch of negative forty degree weather. Oh. And then no. when it gets that cold, diesel fuel just gels up. So we'd, they'd be like, hey, this truck just pulled in the parking lot. It's frozen up. Go work on it. I'm like, no. Like, <laughs> who in their right mind is going to go outside with 40 degrees and touch metal? Like, oh, my god! No, I'm, so, I'm sorry. Yeah. No, yeah I can't no, imagine. I that's can't when imagine. it's cold. I remember when it was zero degrees, first time I felt that, you know, when we, after we moved here, I walked outside because I was like, I got to feel this. I don't know what zero degrees feels like. So we want to know you guys. We want to know you guys who are watching on YouTube and can leave comments, or if you're listening on podcast, you can hit us up on YouTube or on any of our other socials. Let us know what you guys do to prepare for winter, and what are some things you look forward to in winter? What things you don't look forward to in winter time? Because it's kind of interesting talking to people all around the country or the world. Actually, I should say, yeah, to hear what what the different seasons bring for everybody. I like hearing all that. I hope everyone enjoyed this podcast and thank you guys for watching and listening. You know, we're, we're getting up there in the views. So we appreciate that. Even subscribers on YouTube, like we're getting up there. Uh, and then the people who listen to us on iTunes and Spotify and those apps, uh, you know, we keep climbing in, in listening listeners and views. So, which is cool. Um, but I appreciate everyone listening and watching and I hope everyone has an awesome week. Thanks, guys.